Buongiorno, and welcome to the Global Podcast, where we keep you up to date on the latest trends and insights on diplomacy and international development. I'm your host, Jesu Antonio Baez, Director of Pax Tecum Global Consultancy, based here in London, which produces this series. In this podcast, I sit down with thought leaders, diplomats, and experts on the field, as well as provide analysis from our own team at Pax to talk more about the need for diplomacy in international development in order to foster political will around greater social impact and good. So grab your headphones and let's get on with the show. On today's episode of the Global Podcast, I wanted to cover the rising tension and protests that are currently going on in France as we speak. Uh, There has been some confusion about the significance of these events and what they actually mean, and this is mainly stemming from a misunderstanding of both French dynamics and also French culture. Uh, Therefore, I want to take the opportunity on this podcast to explain them both as someone who understands French political and cultural history, but also someone who has lived in France and dealt with the country for a vast number of years. I also want to take the time to highlight the opportunity for a sustainable solution to the ongoing protests which I would recommend that the government take in order to not only tackle the climate change initiatives which the country has indeed committed itself towards, but also to ensure empowering its citizens and not disenfranchising them in the process. The first clarification that needs to be stated is the notion of protests in France. We have many in the UK and many in the United States and many in other countries who are looking at these and seeing them simply as this orderly, um, complete lack of social behavior. But one must understand that to protest, it is indeed part of French culture. In fact, the the phrase, on fait la grève aujourd'hui, uh, we're doing a strike today, is as much as part of the conscious as saying, on vote aujourd'hui, uh, we vote today, or, or anything else, or on prend café, or we get coffee. It's part of French culture, and it has been a part of the culture that can truly define French history, most notably the 1968 student protests, which have immortalized French recollections, uh, and even have been immortalized by a recent Gucci campaign. They have the opportunity to really let the government see what the will and the desire of the people are. And this was, of course, all born during the exact French Revolution, which saw the toppling of the monarchy and the institution of uh, the Republic, or the French, uh, the French political system as we know it. It's also part of what it means to be French. And as indicated, it is part of the everyday life to go ahead on the street and protests. I know Americans are confused by it, but the French, not all of them, of course, but the French feel empowered by the notion. Now, naturally, when you're living in France and you see grève aujourd'hui, there's a strike today, you you want to be able to complain. And in fact, that's also part of the French spirit to complain about the situation. But the French would never deny anybody's right to do that. In fact, according to Statistica, the French protest for more than 123 days, uh, which is above any other country within the OECD, Denmark and Canada, just behind, with the US at last place with only six days for protesting accordingly. In fact, 
Protesting is so much part of the culture that it even has its own name, Graviculture, which is the uh, protest culture. Now, the vandalism which one sees that are being circulated both on social media and news broadcasts are sadly not part of the intention of the protests. These are simply infiltrated by opportunists and hooligans taking advantage of the situation in order to loot and pillar. Uh, this is not new in France, unfortunately. If you even look at football matches, including the recent French win in the World Cup, there's always looting and violence that ends up coming up. Um, unfortunately, this is common, and it is rooted actually in a deeper ingrained issue from the French banlieue or suburbs, particularly around Paris and Marseille, with disenfranchisement and marginalization. That's not the topic for this podcast to really discuss. Now, at the heart of the protests are the gilets jaunes, or the yellow jackets. Now, these yellow jackets are referring to the mandatory, uh, sharp, highlight yellow jackets, or vests, that the drivers in France are, are required by law to wear in order to be identified if they step out of their vehicle or are driving. These are the people who are the most affected by the initiatives of the current French government uh, led by Emmanuel Macron. Uh, what has basically fueled, and pun intended for what's going to be to follow, what has fueled the protest has been the rise in fuel taxes to reduce pollution accordingly and to reduce carbon emission and mainly coming in from those driving long-haul trucks or commercial vehicles. Now, commercial vehicles do consume as much as one-third of all motor fuel and are significant emission contributor. And this is a information as according to the Center of American Progress. And this is something definitely that the French government is willing to tackle, particularly with the Paris Climate Agreement. And Emmanuel Macron has been very clear on France's desire to tackle climate change, as do many countries who have signed uh, the Paris deal, which is looking to take effect uh, in a few months' time. But the key thing to keep in mind is that there are key issues to this. First of all, those who are being affected with this tax hike are those who have to pay out of pocket. That would be the drivers themselves. And taxes in France are already high. According to the OECD, France is the most tax economy alongside Italy. Those suffering from these taxes are also the ones in the lower echelon of the economic or salary scale. Um, these are particularly those who are making around 1,200 euros or 1,300 euros a month. And it's making tougher to have a life of dignity and quality in France. The wealth gap is also getting wider in the country with many lower middle income salaries slowly being reduced into poverty. And it's also, once again, taking a hit of the quality of life. Let's take a look, for example, in education. I mean, to quote uh, Thomas Piketty of Le Monde back in 2017, he writes that today we find the same hypocrisy when confronted with the glaring inequalities in our education system. In France, in all good Republican conscience, we choose to devote three times more public resources to the selective grande école, that is the elite school mainly for politics or finance, then is spent on those universities such as La Sorbonne in which young people are socially underprivileged backgrounds are concentrated in. France is also the country in which private primary and secondary schools are almost entirely financed by the taxpayer while reserving the right to choose the pupil which suits them. 
This contributes to an unacceptable level of social segregation. Now, Emmanuel Macron came into power with his En Marche or Marching Ahead party, which truly revolutionized French history, particularly where the traditional parties had always been the ones to take hold of French politics. I can think of UMP, the Union for Popular Movement, or Union pour Mouvement Populaire, or PS, the Socialist Party, the Parti Socialiste, or Modem, Mouvement Democrate, which is the democratic movement. And even, of course, the ever so popular PCF, or Parti Communiste Francais, or the French Communist Party. They have been the main contenders when it came to French politics. So for Macron, who did not work as a position that was elected into, uh, to then create his own political party and really garner the hopes and dreams of the French masses, to have Omarche really take a, take a commanding lead in French elections, ultimately leading to his victory is monumentous and naturally there were hopes and dreams clinged on upon him but however in the recent years since his election he has been considered a traitor by many but in fact in the years that have led up since his election um, he has been labeled as president of the rich or le président des riches and there have been key indicators for many citizens to say so. For example, the repeal of the wealth tax, in which he removed taxes to the wealthy. He also has a desire to liberalize the French economy, which puts workers at risk to potential abuse of power. Of course, his argument is that this could also lead to more employability in France and to more jobs. So one cannot judge yet until this takes into effect and actually be able to monitor and evaluate the effect it's had on French economy. But nonetheless, this has led to many in France to be completely disappointed or disenchanted as sung by the famous French singer Mylène Farmé by his moves. In fact, 32% of French citizens that have been polled by Harris Interactive approve of Emmanuel Macron and 72% of French citizens actually support uh, the protests by the Gilets Jaunes currently underway. Now, what is the solution to all of this? Naturally, carbon emission is indeed an issue that is going on in every single country and it is our collective interest to reduce it. And of course, there are those who say that what Emmanuel Macron is doing is taking a step for France to contribute to that promise towards reducing carbon emission. But there is another solution, one that can be able to be done to meet the promises that were made for the Paris Agreement, but also one that does not affect the citizens of the country, especially those on the lower rungs of the pay scale. One example that can be done is to invite businesses or social entrepreneurs to develop electric or hybrid electric alternatives. Even natural gas can be considered as an option in order ways to really reduce carbon emissions. And this has actually been recommended by the Fabricator and Manufacturers Association International back in 2011. This is an opportunity to bring innovation and business to provide these solutions and invest in sustainable outcome for the country. And the president does have the will to do so. Earlier this year, in the spirit of the initiative to really revitalize the French economy, he did invite many entrepreneurs and startups to the French capital to really reinvigorate not only the French economy, but create this notion of France startup. So there is definitely political will for new businesses and developments 
in order to really foster a sustainable solution for the country. There can even be an invitation, for example, for companies to simply approach the French government and mapping out potential for the sustainable solution and become an inspiration for the rest of Europe as well. I call on companies, for example, to actually approach the French government if they have a product as well in which the government is not aware of to propose it to the country as a solution instead of the tax hike. Replace it with another solution so that the livelihoods of the citizens can continue onwards and not be jeopardized but still provide a solution for the country in tackling climate change. And this is crucial for the president to be able to do, because if nothing is done, the far right will take advantage of the situation. And they already have. The UK's Nigel Farage has already been saying that Macron deserves the protests. I can already imagine that the likes of Marie Le Pen is looking at these protests as an excellent opportunity for her to insert herself back into the political arena and say how her party, Le Front National, or the, um, the National Front, can take a hold of the French politics and make France quote-unquote great again. Once again, we cannot deny the importance of tackling climate change, but if those who are meant to pay for it are those who aren't able to afford it, this will all backfire and will in the end prove to be unsustainable for the future, despite the desire for making it sustainable. Sustainability must be empowering and not disenfranchising. It is important for the French government to listen to the stomach pangs of its people and not the sound of pennies of the extreme rich. There is immense potential with the administration of Emmanuel Macron. I myself happen to have been a fan of him when he was elected into power and I still believe he has the capability to change the course of history and empower the people accordingly with sustainable solutions that will have them understand that he is not le président des riches, but le président de tout le monde. Not the president of the rich, but a president of everyone, both rich and poor. The administration must be willing to find the solutions to promote dignity for all citizens in order for the country to really marcher avec le progrès, march with progress. And I believe it can be done, but it must be done sooner and not later. That brings us to the end of this edition of the Global Podcast. I'm Jesu Antonio Baez, Director of Pax Tech and Global Consultancy, which produces this series. Please do check out our website at www.paxtechandglobal.org. That's P-A-X-T-E-C-U-M-G-L-O-B-A-L dot org to discover more about our work. You can also follow this podcast and the work of PAX on both Twitter and LinkedIn. And if you like this podcast, please don't forget to rate, review, and of course subscribe on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Join us next week for another edition. And until next time, grazie e ci sentiamo presto. Ciao!